What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's me, Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and we are here with another edition of Overthinking MTG. All right, I'm on the Gatherer, the official database for Magic the Gathering. I'm going to go ahead and click our random card button and then talk about whatever card comes up for at least 10 minutes. So strap in, because this might be silly. All right, so uh, we got Fresh Volunteers, which sounds... I don't know, that sounds kind of wrong, but I'm not going to go there. All right, so Fresh Volunteers is a is one colorless, one white for a 2-2 human rebel creature. And that's it. It's, it's a vanilla creature, but it is a rebel, which is an interesting um, creature type, actually. It's kind of a, a unique moment from from Magic's past. So this particular one is a common from Mercadian Masks, which if I'm not mistaken was released in like, I want to say like 2000, 2001, something like that. Maybe 99? Anyway, it's in the, um, you know, it's in the pre-modern days with the old card frame. And uh, this was a common. It was just, it, it's it's a bear. You know, it's a 2-2 two, two for 2, which is an expression that um, fans of you know, Loading Ready Run, uh, Graham Stark, the the other Graham on the internet who is significantly more famous than me. Um, he, uh, you know, he has he actually has a deck built around bears, and there, it's primarily two twos for two, and that's an, a running joke in in a show of theirs. Anyway, the reason for that, the reason for that that uh, kind of shorthand is because of grizzly bears, which was the original two two for two. So from now on, they're all bears, apparently, despite the fact that these are clearly humans. So in the picture, there are two humans clearly in the foreground with uh, kind of this army of folks behind them. Um, so it's clearly volunteers, and they're clearly these rebels. So the reason that I mentioned that rebels are kind of an interesting relic from Magic's past is because there was a time when rebels were legal in standard, well... Type 2, as it was known back in the day, but what we now call standard. Rebels were just the jam. They were the only game in town. They were they were the deck to beat. And it's funny, too, because in the Mercadian Masks block, when Rebels were introduced and they kind of came around, they were, um, if I'm not mistaken, Rebels are exclusively white. And um, they had, most of them had abilities that allowed you to... Um, tutor for other rebels the idea was the moment you get one on the field they can start um replenishing their numbers basically and constantly you know you can be going to your library and just grabbing more and more rebels out the problem is those tutor effects that pulled rebels out of your library they grabbed a rebel that cost like one less than whatever the rebel was on the field so if you had like a 2-3 three for 3, you'd be able to fetch one of these guys, which is just a 2-2 two, two for 2. And so it's like, okay, that's something, I guess. But it just it wasn't super powerful. The reason that it... The, the only reason, actually, that Rebels were such a big deal was because of a single Rebel card called Lin Sivi, which is a name that um, people who've been around who were around magic back around in you know the year 2000 2001 you know that name it was uh she was a really big deal she was a rebel lord who was just crazy powerful and the biggest reason that made her so good was not just the fact that she was able to tutor for rebels consistently and uh she actually had one of the best values for for doing that so when you ran decks with rebels in it as long as she was in there you could you know, you were able to 
amass an army pretty quickly and really ultimately just gain card advantage on your opponent just by virtue of having her. But the real thing that made it busted, the real reason that those decks were so powerful and so all-consuming at the time was actually because of the way the Legends rule worked. Today, if you have a card that is legendary on the field and you cast a card that has the exact same name, when they hit the battlefield, you have to pick one. And one of them stays and one of them is uh, immediately goes to the, the graveyard because legendary creatures and legendary planeswalkers and legendary artifacts are all representative of a unique individual or a unique character, a unique object of which there is only one in the entire multiverse. So you cannot have multiple on the field because it doesn't make sense. So that's the idea there. And that's why you have some cards that manipulate that rule in a certain way, like Hall of Mirrors allows you to have multiples, but you have to kind of jump through some hoops to make that happen. You know, by default, you know, there's only one Jace. There's one dude named Jace, you know, and granted, you can have 15 different types of Jaces because there are ones with different names, but it's a, that's a bad example. But there's only one Lin Civi. There's only one Lin Civi, and so if you have Lin Civi on the board and try to put another Lin Civi down, it doesn't make sense. They can't they cancel out. Now, in modern day rules, because of just gameplay balance, and probably because they learned their lesson in the Mercadian Masks block with this, in modern day rules, if my opponent has a Lin Civi down and I cast a Lin Civi, they don't interact with each other. They don't care. So yes, there's only one in the entire multiverse. However, you can have one on your side. I can have one on my side. And it's best to not think about it too much. And, you know, it's like, okay, sure. In gameplay terms, you know, in lore terms, that doesn't really make sense. But in gameplay terms, it's fair and it's balanced. And okay, that's fine. But the way that they it used to work is whenever previously, actually prior to the Kamigawa block, so all the way up through Mirrodin, when a legendary creature is on the, on the battlefield and any player played a card with the same name as that legendary creature, the new one was sacrificed. So the old one stood. It, it remained. So if you're playing a Rebel Mirror match and your opponent plays Lin Civi, you can't play yours. And so what ended up happening was it would just be this race to whoever could get Lin Civi down fast enough and fetch out as many Rebels as they could and ultimately just win because their army was bigger and it would lock their opponent out. And that was just what the only game in town, that was just how it worked. You know, the, um, I mentioned previously that, so rebels were the white, uh, creature type from this time and mercenaries came out around the same time, which were the black versions, but there was no, unless there's something that I missed, there was no Lin Civi equivalent on the mercenary side, or if there was, they sucked because, you know, nobody remembers them. But they functioned in the same way, where you could tutor up a number of different mercenaries and get them on the battlefield. But the truth is, there just wasn't good value. You know, they, they just weren't very good. Because a card like this, like Fresh Volunteers, it's a 2-2 two, two for 2 human rebel. That's it. That's all it is. You know, that's about what you got. You know, that was pretty standard. Like, actually, to be honest, looking at this compared to some of the other Rebels that I remember, 
these look okay, like fine. You know, they're not amazing by any means, but like in a limited environment, getting a two, two for two is never really a bad thing. It's like, it's decent. It can help. You know, it's just, it's something that you can form a board state around if nothing else. Um, you know, in constructed, it, you know, you'd be hard pressed to put these in there, but it's, it, they're common. They're draft chaff from this set. That's fine. You know, I'm not mad at that. If they're in my colors and it's late in the draft, I'll take them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's the uh, that's Rebels in a nutshell. I, I'm sure, you know, I wasn't actually playing um, much during that time. I kind of picked it up uh, after the fact. But, like, th that season of Standard, or of Type 2, as it was known then had kind of just passed when I jumped into the game. But that was something that a lot of the, you know, veteran players that I was sitting down with were familiar with it. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I was reading online at that time was referencing it because it was just, it was the recent history. Much like how right now people would be talking about um, Oko or Nexus of Fate, uh, you know, because they were the, you know, they were fairly recent standard hiccups <laughs> that we all experienced and uh so the lin civi grind fest from the mercadian masks block was rough as i understand it and i actually had a buddy of mine who built a deck around lin civi back in the day it was, he was you know it was, it was no longer type 2 legal but it was just kind of fun and so he went out and he uh you know traded for him and he got his hands on a place at a lin civi and just a whole mess of rebels because they were also really cheap because there were they they were bopping around all over the place back then and everybody had them for when they were tournament legal and they had all rotated out so no one cared about them anymore you know they they were good enough to make a splash when they were legal and standard, but the moment they rotated out, nobody really cared about them, you know, because in the type one or the extended scene, just rebels weren't that great, you know, because they, you just had a limited card pool and they were kind of one trick ponies. And so, yeah, it didn't really make a splash. So they were, they were cheap, they were easy. And so when we were just kind of all playing around the, the kitchen table jank, we were all playing, you know, tribal decks from Onslaught. You know, I had a beast deck. We had zombies represented. Uh, my buddy James had a cleric deck. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, well, one of us built a rebel deck because he just wanted to be a little bit different. And he succeeded. <laughs> but anyway, so I saw Lincivy in action. And when it got moving, it was interesting because you were able to just basically create non-token creatures. You know, like such as this. Like this. So this is a 2-2 two, two for 2 and it's a human, so okay, there's some human synergies out there in the world now. But the big benefit is that creature type rebel, because that would allow you to fish it out of your library with one of the other rebel synergies. So, yeah, it's interesting. All right. Um, yeah, they were an interesting uh, take. As I understand it, actually, um, allies from Zendikar uh, I've heard cited as what rebels were trying to be. So that's interesting, how they synergize together. Um, anyway, so there's also quite a bit of flavor text. One of the benefits of not having any rules text in the text box is you get a whole bunch of space for flavor text. And it says, every Cho'arim villager is a potential warrior. When they are called, they abandon their peaceful way of life and take up arms to defend it. All right, that's pretty straightforward. It's almost like a, it almost reads like a National Geographic blurb about these people, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, not super evocative, but I can definitely appreciate their culture a little bit more. I'm not sure where the Cho'arim are, but uh, clearly 
they they aren't afraid to uh, to step up, and so you know not surprisingly there are no rulings because it's a bear. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for hanging out. This has been fresh volunteers and all the thoughts that they have inspired. So uh, as always. I'm Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet. I also stream live on Twitch every weekday morning from 5.30 to 6.30 Eastern Time here in the United States. And you can find me over at twitch.tv slash HamHawks42. Uh, new players are more than welcome. If you are curious about the game, if you have any questions, there are no silly, you know, no stupid questions. All are welcome. This game has a really big learning curve. You know, there's a lot to it. And... At the end of the day, I want to make sure that everybody's having a good time and we're all playing a, playing a game and having fun. So if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to come ask. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much. It has been a load of fun. I will catch you next time. Later.